Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Nehemiah chapter number one, and uh, you are probably familiar with the book of Nehemiah and Nehemiah's rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Trip number one, uh, the people return with Zerubbabel. He's leading about 49,897 people come back. And uh, this is after the Babylonian captivity. And the purpose the first time was to rebuild the temple. And then about 80 years later, Ezra comes back and his purpose is to rebuild the people. And he had about uh, uh, 1,700 with him. And then some 14 years after that, Nehemiah returns And his purpose is to rebuild the wall. And we'll see tonight, and and you you would have no argument with me that our our culture, our nation, not just our nation, I want to get it down to our churches. Uh, The last number we have is 2019, 45 churches closed and 3,000 opened in America. So there's more churches closing than opening. And I dare say... That number is much higher now after 2020. That was before. That was pre-COVID. And there are 48,000 in 2021, 48,000 suicides. And you know what was strange about that is the highest percentage comes from people over 85. Strange. 48,000, one every 11 minutes. So I don't think... You would argue with our culture being crazy and the collapse of the unraveling of America. We've, we've, we're not unraveling, we're unraveled. You know, when you've got 69 genders and counting on Facebook, we're, we're not unraveling, we're unraveled. I mean, 69 distinctions of, of people? Crazy. And we're there. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is is where the church is. And Nehemiah comes up on something, and, and you and I, there's nothing more depressing than, than watching something that's sentimental burn, burn up. And I, I you, some of you men in the fire department, your pastor is there, and you've seen far much worse than I've seen. I've, I've watched people screaming as they're burning in cars, screaming for help. Somebody get him out. Three people this afternoon did the same thing on I-74 right by my house. Um, it's an awful thing to watch anything burn, let alone people. But you know, to watch, and, and I'll never forget one time I was in, uh, and I'm going to be slow getting off the runway, but when I get there, I'll get there, all right? Um, I'll never get, I went to Midway Elementary School, Davidson County. Graduated from North Davidson. Anybody ever heard, ever been to Davidson County or from Davidson County? Good. Or you, are you from Davidson County? Hey, class of what? I, I'm a little older than you. <laughs> Appreciate you pointing that out tonight. I asked for it, I know. I should have just left it alone, North Davidson. We've been fine. But I was at Midway, the old school. There was an old Midway school. They built a new one right as we left. Figure that. And um, I remember one day, you know, boys, 
boys are going to be boys and they're going to get in trouble. Girls got drama. Boys is going to get in trouble. Am I right about it? Girls is full. Don't act like they're not. They're full of drama. And boys is just going to break stuff and tear up stuff and scrap with each other. And um, so we was in there. And, the, and they was getting ready to tear the building down. Like demolish the building. So I thought it'd be fun just to throw some rocks at the windows because they're going to bust, they're going to tear it down. Like, the, I mean, the bulldozers sitting out front. And I thought, they're going to tear it down. Let's at least have, be able to throw a few, you know, fastballs at the windows here, have some fun. And, buddy, we got to going on them windows. And, 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 and it was already decayed. Don't, don't feel bad for the school. It was already right where and this woman come around the corner, and I'm telling you what's the truth. She, if she could have got to us, she'd have killed every last one of us. And I thought, what? It, they're getting ready to tear this thing, thing down. And you're upset because we're throwing rocks in the windows here. But that was her school. That's where she grew up. She had many memories there. And Nehemiah pulls up on the scene. I want you to look with me in chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Michaeli. And it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great aff affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And said I, Beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that Keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. And I'll move down in just a moment. But Nehemiah came to this hurtful reality. Some 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 commentators they dispute whether this was a 400 mile one way trip or 800. Either way, 400s a lot on the back of a mule. I can tell you that. So it, it was a long way, but Nehemiah got bothered even even though he couldn't see it, and even though the distance was great, uh, it it was a great bother. It was burden, and I'm gonna get louder and louder. So you can start easing me down the louder I get. If you want to. But he, as he got, I mean, he didn't even see it. These men come back and told him, but he was still bothered because, I mean, he, he had folks buried there. I mean, that was the city of Jerusalem. That was, that was God's place. And he was very bothered by the fact that they had desecrated and there was no, uh, in those days, if you didn't have walls to protect the city, you had no protection. I mean, these rock walls were the protection for the city. And so as he, as he finds out that these things are in disarray and uh, they're just, I mean, just 
burnt to the ground. Nobody cares about it at all. And he's, he's bothered. He's faced with a hurtful reality. And I want to say to you tonight, you, you are in the minority, those of you that care about the church. Not just this church. I'm talking about in general. And so we're, we're in a day when apathy is an all-time high. Just, just a passive attitude, just a chill attitude, and it's run over into the church. Let's just chill. And COVID didn't help us any. And, and live stream church is not real church unless you're sick or can't get there. Oh, yes, we got it in rural hall too. There's no live stream church. Well, like, like there's a separate body of believers just on live stream. No. It's the church. Amen. The assembly. Called out assembly. Assemble means to get together. And uh, so these, th this day is marked by apathy. By being j just letting it go and, and not really. Not really. Nehemiah wasn't that way. When he went back and saw it was a hurtful reality that the very thing he loved and, and where God did a great work in his life, I mean, it was in shambles. The smoke was ascending. The ashes were there and he was hurt inside his stomach. He was sick to his stomach because he saw what he grew up with and he saw the glory of Israel. He saw it there in disarray and nobody seemed to care and there wasn't enough people if they did care to do anything think about it and he said somebody has got to do something and so he sees the, the, the hurtful reality and I want to say to you tonight if you don't see the condition of our churches and they're not just churches as, as brick and mortar and rock and, and carpet it's the hearts of God's people if you don't see the fact that we're not concerned anymore we're not as concerned as we used to be. We don't weep over sinners like we used to. We don't use altars. And I know this church is an exception. But we don't do like we used to in that regard. And we've grown cold and complacent and really taken everything for granted. Just like a marriage. After you've been married 25, 30 years, you start taking each other for granted. You don't have to, but that's what happens. And we've taken God's house for granted. And Nehemiah comes to the hurtful reality that everything I've loved and, and where God met with me and done things for me and my family, it, it, it's gone now. He's walking among the ashes. It's all gone. People are making fun of him. Doing whatever they want. Because nobody's protecting him. Nobody's building any walls. And then verse 3 Verses 2 and 3. Well, verse 3, I want you to see the humble request he makes. The hurtful reality is things are a mess. Will we agree with that? And, and that's on a national level. That's on a church level. That's even the walls of our own hearts. They're crumbling. Verse 3. They said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction. And reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates are ever burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted. Well, that's a foreign word. And prayed before the God of heaven. He makes he makes a humble request. He understands that 
unless God does something, nothing will be done. And, and the reality has to hurt enough to where you hit your knees. And it, it's got to be real enough, the reality of apathy, re, the reality of people going to hell, the reality of the ineffectiveness of our churches in this culture has got to be real enough to where you say it's not only a, a hurtful reality, hey, we got to make some petitions, we got to make some requests to the God of heaven because He is the only one, He ultimately is the only one that can do anything about it. The only hope for Low Gap, Mount Airy, and this surrounding area is not, is not a new Chick-fil-A, although that helps in your pastor. He would agree with that. I believe that's the only place he eat. I wonder if Chick-fil-A wasn't in heaven. I don't know if he'd want to go. I'm teasing. A little bit. <laughs> he makes a humble request. Is it bad enough to where you've quit eating? Is it bad enough to where you've just stopped in the middle of your day because you're sick to your stomach about the condition, not of the nation and not necessarily the churches, but our own hearts and our own families? Have you, have you just stopped and said, I can't, I can't go on anymore like this? And it was real to Nehemiah. I mean, it was so real to him. He was weeping and crying. And he, all he could do was cry when he heard about it. He just heard about it. And he went to his knees. He said, God, you've got to do something. See the hurtful reality, the humble request. Number three, we see the honest review. Look in verse 6 and 7. Let thine ear be attentive and thine eyes open. Thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. He didn't say... You all, he said, we. Then he said, I and my. He said, count me in. I've done it too. If we're going to do any different than what we're doing, we're going to have to have an honest evaluation of where we are. I want to ask you tonight, not, not amazing grace, you personally, where you at? As you look deep inside of your heart, Nobody else can look. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where was you ten years ago? Where are you tonight? Pastor, ten years ago I wasn't even saved. Hallelujah. Glad you saved tonight. Beyond that, what's God doing in your heart? Are you burdened for lost people? Are you, you know, it's like the guy that asked, he said, now, on a scale of one to ten, how, how spiritual are you? Ten being the hottest, I mean on fire. One being the coldest. Where you at? He had them all write it down. You know what the majority of the church put down? About a five. He went over to Revelation. He said, lukewarm I will spew out of my mouth. Where are you tonight? It's going to take an honor. He owned it. He didn't say, those sorry scoundrels, my fathers and grandpa, if my grandpa hadn't have done this and my daddy hadn't have done that, we wouldn't be in this. No, no, no. He says, I and them, we all have sinned. We've had part. And you say, well, I didn't have any part in it. Well, what would you do about it? It's not always what we say. It's what we don't say. 
It's not what we say that condemns us. It's what we don't say sometimes. And he said, I and my fathers were, were on the same boat. We've sinned. And if anything changes, and if revival comes to our churches, if it comes to amazing grace, it won't come through a building. It'll come through an honest evaluation of where you are. Revival is not sinners getting saved. Sinners getting saved will be a byproduct of revival. Revival is God's people getting thoroughly right with Him. And for that to happen, there has to be an honest review. I mean, you've got to look in and say, hey, where am I at tonight? How, 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 how much do I love being with God's people? How much, just go over to 1 John and go back through the, how much do I love being around His Word, His people and His house? How, do, is there anybody I can't stand? I'm going to sit on the left side of the auditorium because I, I don't want to have to shake their hand. Well, our brother was leading the singing. He told us to wave. And you wasn't, going, you wasn't even going to turn the other way because you'd have to wave at somebody you don't even like. I know that don't happen here. It just happens in Royal Hall, right? For Scythe County, that evil county. just happens there. I understand. We see a hurtful reality, humble request, an honest review. And then not only review, really, there's got to be some renovation. You don't just look at it. Boy, that's bad. I was like, well, down the house I bought, it was a foreclosure, and they had, had been some old termite damage. And I did just go down there and say, well, that's pretty bad. Y'all want to cook out this evening? Got some hamburgers and hot dogs. We can have us a cookout. Got some cornhole boards out there. Let's go play a little bit. It'll be all right. No? I said, uh-oh, we got a problem. Call the, call, call the man or get on doyourownpest.com and buy something. Get something out of here. You know, get something. we got to spray something out here. They don't make it like they used to, do they? You have to, that's bad when you got to bootleg pesticides in just to kill, <laughs> kill something. You know? That's terrible. And uh, well, it just looks good. It'd be all right. No, you do something about it. And tonight, when you do identify where you are, don't just leave it. Renovate. And you got the old. You got the guy that always wants to fix it. Like it can be falling apart with termite damage, and he wants to fix it. There ain't no fixing it. Some of it, he wants to shove that foam in it and, and make it better. You know what I'm talking about, the foam? He wants to get about 20 cans, a case of foam. You could have done built the house for what you got in foam. And he's going to spray the two-by-fours with foam to put in them to help them. No, sometimes just clean the thing out. Gut it. Get a sawzall and go to have a sawzall party. Put your glasses on and go to town. Safety glasses. Safety first. And renovate, you know. And, and sometimes what we do, instead of just saying, God, I want to get thoroughly right with you, I'll get this close, but I'm not going to go this far. 
and you stick your toe like stick it in the water. No, no, no. When you assess and review the situation, you see the things that are not right, the bitterness that's there, the critical spirit that's there, the hurtful attitude that's there, and how you're killing your family. It's spreading like a disease over your family because of you, and you won't do anything about it. When you see it, deal with it. Get it out. Get rid of it. Once you have an honest review, there may need some renovation. And that's what he did. And we're going to get get ahead of myself. Number four, there's a hopeful revelation. Look at verse 9. What he does here, back up to verse 8, if you would. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Well, that's, that's interesting. The title of the message tonight, and I did this on purpose, his name is at stake. He said, I've chosen to put my name with you. Now, I understand he's talking about Israel. Don't mix up the church and Israel. But do you know what he wants to do? He wants to elevate his name here. His name is here. It's with you. This church not only bears the name of Amazing Grace, that just bears the name of Pastor Jonathan Barker. More importantly than any name you could put on the billboard out front. It bears his name. He said, I've come. And, and really, Nehemiah is quoting Old Testament here. And, and there's promises even made in Jeremiah. When Jeremiah um, quotes them, really, I want to read Jeremiah 29. You know, everybody knows verse 11. But we don't back up to verse 10. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus saith the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. There's the promise he's talking about here. For I know the thought. That's the verse we love. For, and it is a good verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And Nehemiah here is saying in verse 8 and 9, he says, Lord, I, I want you to remember what you said to Moses. Like God could forget. But I want you to remember what you said. And you said, if, if you'll turn back and you'll, you'll turn unto me and keep my commandments, verse 9, and do them. He said, I, I'll then I'll gather them from thence. We'll bring them unto the place that I've chosen to set my name there. He said, so that here, here's hopeful revelation that there is hope. It doesn't have to end like Nehemiah seen it. Now he's going to go over in just a little bit and he's going to get really see it with his own eye and, and it's even going to hurt worse. But right now he, he hears about it and he, he goes into action. But there's a hopeful revelation that God, I know it doesn't have to be the end. If, if I see the reality, and some of us have got to see how bad it is. Some of us don't see it. I'll never forget, I, had, I used to raise pigs about every year and I'd have two. Can you all imagine a city preacher raising pigs? And I did. I'm, I was, I'm in the city, but I always want to be country. 
And so I, I made it happen. And so I'd raise two pigs every year, and I'd get that farmer's cross. I'd first get them Yorkshires, and then I, I got smart and got some different ones. But anyway, so I had two I had two big ones, and they was always getting loose. And I, and I told my uncle, I, we went on vacation, I told him, I said, look, Uncle Mark, I said, how many of y'all have ever raised pigs before? Y'all ever? Oh, good, good. And so y'all know how they do. It, my uncle, I said, now look, Uncle Mark, I said, if you're not going to do this, just tell me now. I said, we're going on vacation. These pigs is about three fifty dollars apiece. I said, they eat quite a bit, and they eat every day. So if you're just going to think, just think that they're not going to notice that you don't come over here, because I don't see that you're not over here, they will notice, and they're going to tear something plumb apart. Oh, I, I, I got it. Then, he, then the words that I trembled at, he said, oh, my son will come over and, and do it. Okay. I said, all right. I come back. They done been through my breezeway door, knocked the door plumb off the hinges, and the barn's way down. They knocked everything. They was eating when I pulled in 350-pound pigs. They was eating shelled corn in the middle of the front yard. I don't know how the shell corn got in the front yard, but that's where they was. And so I, I'm trying to get these 350 pounds. And that's not easy now. When, you, when they get that big, they, they'll hurt you. And so I'm trying to ease up on them. Y'all know how that goes. And, and, I, and I promise, I come up, and my neighbor, my neighbor, Mr. Reynolds, he owned the junkyard. I don't know if you remember Mr. Reynolds. He owned the junkyard there on the university. Standing, and he had one of them. He had them. Uh, Y'all know them coveralls and blue coveralls, old timers wear. And he had his hands in his little pockets right here, and he's doing like this. And he's looking this way towards university. The babies. I had them three hundred fifty pounds, and that may have been. If I say three fifty, it's probably five hundred. But I'm just being generous. They was right up behind him. I mean, right behind him. And I thought, they're going to knock him down and kill this man right here. Or they're going to get out on university and somebody's going to wreck, kill my pigs, and mess up a car i got to pay for. This is not worth it. Just pastor church, leave the pigs alone is what I'm thinking in my mind. And so I, those pigs danced behind him for 15 minutes. He never noticed anything. I finally got in front of them, got them back, and uh, and grabbed one of their legs and got them in, got them in where they're supposed to go. But I thought he never noticed it. You know, there's Baptist people all over America like that. There's stuff going on all. They don't, they don't see it. I mean, the devil could be eating in your dining room. We gotta notice stuff. We gotta see it. There's a hurtful reality. And some of us don't even see it because we're not going any further till you see it. You've got to see there's a problem. Until you see there's a problem, you won't know you need help. Like Mr. Reynolds just sitting there just enjoying the day. And pigs just dancing around right by. I thought if he knew what was right behind him. May God help us to see stuff. Our families and our own lives. We've got to see it before we do anything about it. But then Nehemiah says, hey, there's hope for revelation. There's hope. He says, look, he, he'll turn this thing around. God can turn this around. 
And he said, he's looking for a place that I've chosen to set my name there. Now, he wants to do that here at Amazing Grace. He wants to elevate his name. Will you be a part of that? You, and, and a building doesn't do it. New things, the smell of new, this beautiful platform, I love it. i got to check myself when I come in the door because I'm envious. But none of that, none of that is really what he, the, 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 the key to reaching this community. And hey, we need, you say there's churches on every corner. There may be churches on every corner, but they're like Mr. Reynolds. They're sitting there enjoying the view. Hey, we need churches that are on the move. Churches like Nehemiah that see the hurtful reality. They do the honest evaluation. They understand. They got to get on their knees. And the God of heaven is the only one that can do anything about their situation. We've got to see it. We've got to allow God to do something. You want God to put His name. He wants to put His name right here. His name. And, and you know what He uses in this church age to do His work? The church. And He wants to elevate His name right here on Blevinstore Road. Is that right? Blevinstore Road. Okay. I know how. I don't want to mess no names up. Country people get mad about names. <laughs> you got to get it right. He wants to set His name here. Are you in on it? Are you in on it? He wants to elevate His name. He said, if I be lifted up, what will He do? He said, I'll draw all men unto Myself. He wants, he's got His name here. His name's at stake. It's not about what you want to do and what you don't want to do and what you feel like and what you don't want to feel. His name's on the line. The name of God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, the one that knew you before you came out of your mother's womb, His name is at stake. Another place in Scripture, He said that all the earth may know and they can know from this church on the hill. His name is here. May all of this area communicate the fact that the name of Christ is elevated here. His name is here. He's honored here. He's revered here. Then lastly, we see His honorable response. Look at verse 11. O Lord, I beseech Thee, let now Thine ear be attentive to the prayer of Thy servant and to the prayer of Thy servants. Praise the Lord. If you pray long, if you pray long enough, somebody will join you. And they did. Who desire to fear Thy name. And prosper, I pray Thee, Thou servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now notice this. For I was the king's cupbearer. Past tense. But he still is. Chapter 2, he's going to report to him. What do you mean I was? There's bigger fish to fry. There's a bigger task at hand. It's making his name great. It's not making King Artaxerxes great anymore. It's not about making his name. He said, I'm leaving my job as cupbearer because there's a greater task. And I want to say to you tonight, 
It, it calls this task of revival and making his name great for his name's sake. Everybody's got to be committed. Everybody's got to be committed. There's no room for, for spectators. There's no room for pew sitters. Everybody's got to be committed. He was committed. I mean, he went knowing he could have lost his head to go and, and look out about his people and about the gates. But he went ahead, and we'll see that later. Everybody's got to be committed. He had an honorable response. He said, I'm not just talking to be talking and blowing smoke. I'm not only going to pray about this. Do you know that you, the answer to some of your prayers? It's like one old guy said one night to me and my wife. Said He told her. I don't know why he didn't tell me, but he told her. He's an older gentleman. He said, well, I'm going to pray about coming on visitation Monday night. She said, well, sir, some things you don't have to pray about. She did. He got off a lot easier than I would have got off. You know, we, we you got to put legs to your prayers. There was an honorable response. He didn't just say, well, we're in a mess. Sometimes we like that. I'm, I'm closing. We're in a mess. We are in a mess. But we got to take inventory tonight. It's not about Joe Biden. It's not about them gas prices. we got to look inside. We got to do an honest evaluation, and then if hey, if we need to renovate something, be willing to. If you need to get something right with somebody, get it right with them. If you need to have family altar in a meeting, a family meeting, have a family meeting. Whatever you need to do, get it right. Don't let the termites keep eating. Don't let the mortar keep chinking out because one day the bricks are going to fall. Get it right, and then say, Lord, I want to make Your name great here, and I'm committed to this. Don't just be somebody who comes in after the building's up and say, boy, this is pretty. I want to be a part of this church. Wonderful. Here's you some tithing envelopes and here's your job. Committed. It talks cheap. We've got to be committed. Why? Because amazing grace? Nope. Pastor's name's on the front? Nope. His name. He's put His name here. His name's here. They sang about it tonight. Girls, y'all did so good. His name's great. His name's at stake. Let's do all we can to elevate His name. In this community, these people need Jesus. You know what? You know people who, who are hooked, who are, who are addicts in this area? There ain't no addicts up here. Yeah, there is. You know what they need? They need a church that elevates His name. You know what? There's no, there's nothing going on in Surrey County than the elevation of Jesus Christ will not cure. There's no marital difficulty that elevating Jesus will not cure. There's no irreconcilable differences that cannot be decided and worked out and restored when Jesus' name is elevated, and that's what the church is to do. He said, I've chosen to put my name there. It's not just the name, the nation of Israel. It's the church. He loved it and gave himself for it. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He wants to elevate his name. How is he going to do it? Through you. Are you committed? Are you in? Or are you just watching? See how this thing turns out. We've had enough of that.
Now, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about in churches in general. We've had enough people just kind of watching. Let's be committed. Committed to making his name.